Welcome to My Story, a podcast where we hear more about the interesting and exciting lives of students at St Andrews College within the University of Sydney. I'm your host, Xander, and on this episode of Open Talks, we hear from Nick Reynolds, a first year at the college. Hope you enjoy. Why don't you tell me a bit about the split of Maine? Because I, I was saying this to someone the other day, I don't think I've been on the second floor or third floor of Maine for about like two years. Oh, so yeah. What, what are the splits like? What are the different groups? The different groups come... It's not split based on floor at all. So like all of my closest mates uh, in Maine are pretty much split up almost evenly between uh, first, second and third floor. But I mean, everyone, like all the groups kind of gather in their own spot. Like some some people go to JCR, uh, some people go to the libraries yeah, uh, and whatnot. Yeah, I guess there's a few groups that kind of just link up wherever, but. Yeah, and then you guys have fine people as well, right? So I yeah. assume they kind of poor buggers come over. <laughs> I assume they come over every now and then as well. Yeah, yeah, they do. Would you say that there's like a a split between the floors in Maine? Because I know in my year, the first floor was really athlete focused, and then the second floor was all the arts kids, the music kids, the drama kids, and then the third floor was your stock standard like academics and scholars right. and whatnot. Yeah, I, I can see that a little bit. Um, <laughs> I don't want to call my mates athletes because that'll get to their heads but <laughs> there, there are a few athletes kind of all around um teddy and ollie are second and third floor respectively yeah and then jorg jimmy uh and jones their their first floor yeah um but yeah i guess uh i can see kind of that correlation but especially um third floor like where i'm around the the people around there are so smart like they're all like heaps of law students yeah. and stuff like that, which is good for me because I can go get like help whenever whenever I need. And so you like around the corner in the Bulkley's area? Yeah, just around the corner. Yeah. So like the first first room on the right as you turn the corner into Bulkley's. Yeah. So. And how do you think, or how, how has being, well, people coming back impacted, I guess, the social side of fresher year? Because I know it's tough to for a lot of people to engage socially in first year as it is um and obviously having the disruption is not ideal how how's it been with everyone coming back and bits and bobs i mean it's been good so far like you know i i think when people have come back you know they've they've enjoyed it uh i think they've recognized that it's a bit different like with the uh restrictions and whatnot but i mean you know we can't really complain at all like we've got it pretty good where we can you know, grab lunch and just chill on uh, outside on the steps and eat with each other and, you know, play poker and stuff like that. So uh, I think everything's going pretty well. I mean, definitely compared to like other people that are proper locked down. So, yeah. yeah. And what was your, what was your perception of college when you, when you came in? What were you kind of hoping for? And has this matched that expectation at all? I think, I think it's definitely exceeded or met or exceeded my expectations. I mean, I definitely had high expectations of Jews just based on what people have told me uh, before I came in Uh, because there were heaps of guys from my school that came last year that are in second year now. Yeah. So I chatted to them about it, obviously, and, you know, they they had nothing but good words. I think it's definitely been, like, the biggest shock is, like, how fast the weeks go and how quickly, like, your mates at college become your go-tos. Yeah. I think what really surprised me was like it was probably like halfway through first sem or something and I went to the pub with my schoolmates. It just felt so much different. 
being away from college, even just after six weeks. Like it felt it felt great to be around them again. Hmm. But like it just felt, I don't know, so different. It's funny. Fun. Yeah. And how have you found that kind of environment at college where you're around everyone 24-7? You know, some people find it a bit trickier because they've never had to manage a social life that's always on and then yeah. still worry about like studies and things mm. as well. Yeah, focusing on studies. I think it's definitely shocked a lot of people. You're definitely benefited if you have people uh, doing your degree because everyone can get together and and share. But yeah, the constant 24-7 kind of social aspect, definitely an adjustment. Like even for me, I think I'm a pretty social person. But like there are times where I'm like, oh, I really could just go for like a quiet day. But I mean, you take on all the good and, you know, you're only getting a little bit of bad. So, I mean, I, I think it's been awesome. So Maybe something else that I'm kind of interested in from a first year's perspective I know when I first came to college in 2018, it was very, like it was hierarchical and I didn't mind that because I kind of understood that that's the way it was. Um, But as time's gone, and and to the extent that I wouldn't talk to second or third years, right? Like it just wasn't really a thing that people did and you'd just get to know the people in Maine and like they were your group and whatnot. But I really feel like that's sort of changed as time's gone on. You've definitely sort of come from a Sydney background, so you know people in the years above, but how have you found that experience and how do you think other first years maybe feel about the relationships that they have with second and third years at college? You know, at the start, it was definitely very hierarchical. I mean, there's so many funny stories of like like people embarrassing themselves uh, in front of second or third years or like saying hello to Digby or something yeah. and then getting real awkward about it. And, you know, that's really funny and, and that still happens. And not not just for for deep people, I guess that still happens. But I think definitely from first to second term, there's been a bit of a shift, mainly because all the fresher girls love to hang out with second year guys. All right. <laughs> and we just <laughs> kind of follow. But, I mean, yeah, it's it's been a pretty natural, I guess, easing of what you could say is like the hierarchical kind of thing. Yeah. What do you think of the uh, the dining hall split? You know, technically it's not there anymore, right? But everyone's just still doing it. Yeah. I don't know if you knew that, but... Well, I didn't know that it was not there anymore. Yeah. I I think it's still good to have that dining hall split because, you know, as you mentioned before, some people socialize at varying degrees in first year. And so, you know, I think it's just most comfortable if the freshers have a side to sit with just to get comfortable. Because I don't think it's about... Like, I don't think the interactions between freshers and the other years have to happen in the dining hall. I think it's easier if you just allow like the freshers to, you know, get comfortable in the dining hall and, and whatnot. Because I mean, some people get anxious about going to the dining hall. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So, I mean, it, if they're in a position where, you know, they, you know, look to the tables and there's more and more people that they don't know that their other mates are sitting with, you know, that could be, I guess, more daunting for them. So I think, I think it's a fine rule. And I think like the fact that the rule's gone and that it hasn't really changed says quite a bit yeah and it's interesting you say that because from my perspective I mean I I wouldn't say I'm like anxious about going to the dining hall I guess after having been here for so long but from a social perspective I feel like I don't talk to enough freshers and it's not like I'm going to put myself in a social situation outside of the dining hall to like go and talk to people right so that would be the only environment where I could speak to people I didn't know yet, right? Yeah, right. So that's kind of the flip side of it from someone who's not a fresher. But yeah, I, I mean, yeah, you're right to the extent that if the rule's been removed and it's still like that, then 
maybe that's the way it was going to be. So you're a pretty social guy and I don't mean this in a bad way, but you sound kind of like you know how to talk to an audience and I know you like have the leadership role at Knox and I'm sure you would have had to give speeches and talk to, you know, principals and have meetings and shit pretty regularly. Do you think you're uh, someone who is like self-aware of what they're saying and takes a bit more or has to be around friends to kind of chill out or um, or is this you chilled out? Because to me you seem like you're pretty, not like scripted, but you seem like a bit more, <laughs> like you're trying to keep it, <laughs> keep yeah. it structured. I think for me it's, you know, all in the subtleties. I think there's a lot more to like communication than just like spoken words. But yeah, I mean, speaking to audiences and, you know, speaking on like recorded, in mm. recorded scenarios mm. before like, I don't know, you kind of watch what you say. But, I mean, that's not to say that, you know, I'm holding back bad things. Yeah. It's just, no, no, I'm not. you know, I don't like to sound like a dummy and, like, say things that are silly or not, like, all the time. Like, when I'm with my mates, it's fine. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm chill. But, yeah, I guess, especially with people I don't know, like, I'm a bit more, like, cautious about that. Yeah. So. Would you describe yourself as, like, a... Not emotional, but like introspective, reflective type of person, or are you definitely a bit more... reflective? Yeah, I mean, not not to an extreme degree or anything, but yeah, I do keep a lot of things to myself or just to it, like with my closest mates. In terms of like how you're feeling about things and that kind of side of stuff, or yeah, definitely mostly just like I would say more my opinion on things. Yeah, like I'll openly share my opinion, you know, without a filter to. Hmm select a few people mm. but like oh you know when people because that's that's the thing because i when i see people like expressing their opinion to everyone and anyone that has ears mm. i'm like well that's a bit annoying yeah 100 <laughs> like you're harping on you're really just waiting to either get a reaction out of someone or find someone who agrees with you that's really just i find that annoying yeah so i mean if i find that annoying then i'm not gonna do it myself yeah so. yeah would you say that you're someone who has controversial opinions or no i don't you think just so not even no like i don't i don't even really like like enjoy like political debate or anything and like during school like i had mates who would really get into that you know i have my views but i don't really force them what's um what's been on your mind lately whether it be something social related academic or anything really <laughs> anything you've been thinking about it doesn't have to be particularly deep or you know intellectual just what's been on your mind lately any challenges you've been having that's a good question i've got a side story while yeah. i think of something yeah because um we made a after school we made a feature-length documentary kind mm-hmm. of like um in the style of uh have you seen like last chance you on netflix yeah. yeah kind of kind of like that kind of style like following like sport and particularly with COVID and stuff, because um, I was through the lens of the school through that final year. And so, like, we were dealing with 2.2 terabytes of interview footage mm-hmm. and just sifting through, because we, we, you know, really enjoyed, like, taking photos and making short films before that. So we were kind of, like, looking to undertake something bigger. And so it kind of just grew into this big thing where we decided, okay, let's just make it feature length. And... So it's like roughly like 82 minutes, I think. And so I remember just having this big whiteboard and we'd have like 
10 interviews and we'd just be watching interview footage and just picking out like individual sentences from each part, like listening through, flagging like what each topic they're talking about, like how that fits into the narrative. Yeah. And like there were points where we take the first half of a sentence and then take the second half of a sentence from two minutes later yeah. and mash them together yeah. to make, like, and it wasn't to change what they were saying. It was just so that they didn't like stumble over the sentence yeah. or disrupt the flow of the thing. Yeah. And so like that experience was for one, like pretty excruciating, like having to go through and do that. all that. Yeah. But it was, it was cool to like see how that all gets fitted together. And obviously we didn't have much footage in real time. So we relied a lot on the interviews. Yeah. And that would be so, so, so good to look back on and just think back about what yeah, life was like back then. Yeah. And that's kind of what I'm hoping that these podcasts are like for people that want to listen, you know, you listening to this five years down the track. Yeah. Like what you think of yourself. Then. Yeah. Yeah. And, and someone actually did it for me in high school as well. Like very similar type thing, both one where we talked about our favorite experiences from high school and this like interview panel set up where there was just a couch and it was all the film students. So it was really nicely done. Um, and then they just asked us all the same questions and then mashed it all together into like a year 12 Oh yeah, interview video, and that yeah. was really really cool, and it's so nice to listen back to that. So completely understand. It's a it's a good thing. But I guess back to what we were talking about before. Do you um, is there anything you've been struggling with or found challenging lately? I've really, once I've been struggling with much recently. Um, yeah, it's been pretty smooth sales. I mean, obviously, there's so many opinions coming out about you know the management of of COVID and stuff. But, you know, my view is it really just comes down to a bottom line of vaccination numbers. People harp on about case numbers, you know, the the five kilometer restrictions, West Sydney versus Bondi, you know, where Bondi yeah. is packed with people and West yeah. Sydney they're on complete lockdown. But I mean you look to like overseas. I went on exchange in UK, I have a few friends still there that I still connect with. And they just went to Reading Festival. Oh yeah. And it's massive I've seen videos of that. Yeah. And like everything's like so huge and open and I think it's honestly just like a matter of time something that will happen naturally and that case numbers or people that obsess over them you know just wasting their time yeah because it's not going to matter yeah yeah fair and eventually I guess we'll open up regardless and we'll still have cases so so I guess that's more of like a an issue that's going on more broadly that's Um, okay is there anything like in, in your own life or everything's everything's fine and everything can be fine i'm just yeah <laughs> just curious um, oh um feel, me and my mates have been talking about this like retail therapy with the disaster payments yeah especially the amount of packages that we've been ordering is a bit concerning yeah what kinds of things have you guys been buying uh mostly just like clothes yeah stuff like that shoes what's the latest purchase you've made i bought an la clippers jersey uh terrence Mann jersey it's like this because la clippers is my team Mm. and I'll back them till the end of my days hopefully in five years when I'm listening to this and you know still still a strong supporter and yeah. maybe they've even won a ring but we seem pretty cursed as a franchise so I ordered that I got stitched up as well because I it was an Australian website it was .com.au mm. so I thought oh easy it'll be here like really soon but nah it's shipped from US so yeah. take ages that's the most recent yeah. recent purchase and you're really into your basketball so why don't you Talk a bit about how you got into basketball, I guess, teams you played on up until now at college. Mm-hmm. I started year four in like a social Wednesday night team, I think. 
something like that. Fun fact, I played, do you know Rule, the singer? Yeah. I played with him. All oh, right. That was in that, one of those first social teams. Yeah, really cool. he's huge. Yeah. Well, he hasn't actually come out much recently, to be fair. Like 2019. Oh, or... I meant more like physically, but yeah, oh. he's also big globally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Back, yeah, he was tall back then as well. Really? I was short. I was short as. <laughs> like, I was. Um, like it was year 10, maybe even like halfway through year, year 11 when I actually grew. Same with my brother. Like my brother's got an inch and a half on me still. But like you look at like year 10 basketball, he was like the smallest kid on the team. Yeah, I guess we're both late bloomers. Mm-hmm. So I kept playing like all the way through high school uh, after starting in like around year four. Because I played in year four, then went to Knox in year five. Mm-hmm. And so I started playing basketball there. And I got into it mainly... I remember the, it was like a dinner conversation. My brother was like stressing over like what summer sport he, he should play because he hated cricket. And because he was going to Knox, he needed to play a summer sport. And like he really loved like soccer, AFL, rugby. Like really loved all those. And like if he could, would play those all year round. And athletics as well. But he didn't want to do athletics as a summer sport because he could just do it regardless like that. He didn't need to do it uh, as his you know, mm. quote unquote summer sport. And so, after like an hour of chatting, like they eventually landed, oh, just like, why don't you just give basketball a go? And so, he started playing and then I pretty much followed suit when I saw that he was enjoying it, which is classic little brother move of just copying whatever the older brother does. But yeah, I played twos in year 11 and then played ones in year 12. And I reckon my coach in year 12 was the best coach I've ever had. Oh, the best mentor I've ever had, like full stop, I reckon. Mm. His name was Jacob. He was the, I think he was the video manager for the Boomers in the Olympics. So he was over there in Tokyo. And like, he's a guy, he's a guy that like, you would either quit basketball because of him or you would like try to become a better person because of him. Yeah. Like it was one of, one of two ways. Uh, I remember one of my mates like just quit basketball after one one season with him because he was really harsh and he kept you really accountable but like once you got like once you you know listened to what he was saying and like took on his feedback then he became like this life mentor which is pretty funny yeah because he's a really funny dude but yeah that was probably the most fun i've had playing basketball playing oh and the toughest as well but like probably the most fun i've had playing basketball was year 12 that year I mean, Knox, like, the school really gets around it because we have, like, the Friday night games. Right. We have these bleachers that we can pull out onto the court. And so they're always really fun because, like, the basketball stadium just gets so noisy. I remember playing in year 11 in the twos, like, a seconds game. I stepped onto the floor. I was coming off, like, a broken leg. Like, I broke my leg, like, just my fibula, like, six weeks ago. And so I was on, like, five minutes a game because I like really wasn't meant to be playing and I stepped onto the floor I like had like my fibula like padded up with like a foam pad on it so that if anything like hit it you know it wouldn't be that bad played like five minutes and the floor was literally like just shaking because yeah. of people jumping in the stands and I just came on got the ball bricked to three and then came off <laughs> and that was it and that was it but yeah still still really fun seems like a really fun sporting experience that that guys have down here because i know 
so I went to school in Singapore and there was not really that level of support for sports, mm. um, you know, even if you were playing in the firsts for the school. So, yeah, it's pretty cool to see the types of uh, crowds you guys get down here. I guess just transitioning from school into at, at an all-boys school into a co-ed college, what was that experience like? And I'm sure you had plenty of female friends and whatnot in high school, but what was that like moving into an environment where it's always like that? I don't know. It was really good. It was a really good change. I think if, you know, I went from an all-boys school for the past seven years or so straight into an all-boys college, you know, there would be some things that would do your head in. But, I mean, my family is two boys, two girls, so we keep the uh, the 50-50 split that yeah. the college enforces. So I guess it wasn't too much of a change in terms of you know, boundaries and stuff like that. Yeah. Or anything. Yeah. But, no, it's been really fun. A bit of a, an interesting topic, but what what's your view on having single-sex schools um, all the way up until year 12 rather than kind of co-ed across the board. And the only reason I ask is because in Singapore, everything's co-ed. If you, yeah. had a, if you had a single sex school, it'd be like, you know, that's a bit weird. Yeah. Whereas down here, obviously, it's the norm. Um, yeah, I'd be interested to know what you, what you think of that and whether or not it should stay the same or needs to have a change. I think definitely like for guys, like you're going to, you're going to have guys connect with their school and feel more like of an allegiance or like a debt to their Mm, school mm. if that school is all male I think Mm. because you know and even apart from that I think what is really important and what I think is one of the best features of of single-sex schools is the rivalries and all the the banter that happens between those schools Mm. and I think that's just such an important avenue or route for boys to channel like their energy Mm. you know it's such a or such a safe environment for boys to channel their energy uh especially throughout like puberty and whatnot Mm. but like it doesn't affect um like co-ed social interaction that much anyways i don't think because there are so many like single-sex girls' schools in the areas uh, that mm-hmm. um, single-sex boys' schools are. I think what would make it, what would make a difference, like take the Singapore thing, is if you have 10 co-ed schools and one single-sex boys' school, that's weird. Mm. But if you have 10 of each single-sex boy-girl, yeah. then it kind of balances, I guess. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, do you think that the single-sex boys' schools and single-sex girls' schools interact enough to kind of make it still feel like a co-ed life that you're living through your whole high school? Probably not. Mm, probably not for everyone. Um, yeah, no, don't think so. So I guess I, I see your point about allegiance to the school and I think that that has a lot of value at least from from where I'm sitting from a continuity perspective you know people want to then give back to the school and they come and watch their kids games they come and watch you know Mm. games even though they don't have any you know relatives in them and I think that's really really cool but do you think that that energy that 
let's say boys in this example, because that's what, you know, a channeling is an energy that they need to succeed in life. Like, do you think that channeling that energy as a result of being in a single sex school is more good than it is potentially bad? Because, you know, there are plenty of stories that come out about what happens when you have, you know, 300 boys channeling that energy. What's your view on that? I don't think you, I don't think you need that experience to succeed at all. But I mean, the experience that I had was all positive. Mm. So bad people do bad things, obviously. And, and, you know, it's very easy for, you know, that to compound in that sort of environment, Mm. which is always a shame. I'd be interested to, I guess, talk about this, this kind of issue or this kind of topic with more people. I guess, do you think that you wouldn't have been able to have the same type of growth or the same allegiance to Knox if it was 50-50 girl boy. I think a lot of people at my school have quite a strong allegiance to the school and, you know, fond memories of the experiences that we've had. But I would say it's probably not as strong as what the people down here in Sydney have with their schools. But then if I think about maybe the benefits socially of mm. that I found of having had girls around through my entire high school experience, maybe that outweighs that little bit less allegiance to the school. Yeah. I don't know. Like what, what's, yeah, what do, you, what do you think of that? I guess it depends based on each person in terms of how much they interact with um, other people outside of school. I mean, if you're not, you know, making an effort to interact with, you know, people away from uh, who goes to your school, then the cons probably do outweigh the benefits in that way i think even from like even if you think about it you grew up in a household where you had that split right yeah. you had yeah, females sure. that most likely guided you and made sure that you you understood how to behave in social situations and brought you up to be the person you are which is obviously all positive and you had great leadership roles and you had a great experience right but maybe from the perspective of someone let's say who's you know an only child only male in their family goes to an all-boys school the whole way through Mm. and then it's you know do you think that's an issue they're then coming out into university and into let's say a co-ed college and they just don't know how to handle that because we've had it we've had you know examples of it even here at Drew's before your time of people who've kind of come in and not really handled themselves properly and Mm. sort of seen the door pretty quickly so yeah it depends on how much you can contribute that to their environment but no definitely I think you know some people were able to have a wider experience when they were younger, you know, then that would have helped them uh, going into things like university. I think the biggest problem right now is, especially with lockdowns and online uni, like you expect, if you go, if you go to a single sex school, you expect to finish that and go to university and connect with a wide range of people who all have similar interests or, you know, you, you can find like different people, you go out and you can meet all these new people, um, it may be a steep learning curve, but, you know, everyone's in that same kind of thing. Mm. And so it's not like you're alone in that experience. But once uni goes online and once you're still sitting at home or or whatever, just doing your tutes and your lectures and the only contacts that you have are your school friends, Mm. that's where it becomes a problem because then all that experience just gets pent up. And that's, I think, when you really see people are not being able to socialize, not being able to connect. So yeah, I I think that's a 
pretty big problem in terms of even people like experiencing, you know, a diverse working environment. Mm-hmm. You know, if they don't get that experience until they're even even late 20, 21. Yeah. If they're not getting that kind of thing. Because say you finish school in 2018, wait, say you finish school in 2019 and then you go to university and you get like three weeks and then it gets shut down mm. and you're just back at home. And you think it's getting better, you think it's not, whatever. And then we're still sitting here late 2021 and a lot of people haven't gone to a university lecture, like an yeah. in-person one. Like I think I think that's pretty worrying. Yeah. You, you, uh, it's What I find interesting about that as well, everything you've said, 100% agree. But a common trend that I found even in the first two years that I was at college is when you're at college and your social environment's always on and everything's always going 24-7, uni kind of in some ways becomes a bit boring, a bit mundane. The people you see in your class is kind of like, yeah, you know, I don't really want to make an effort. And as a result of that, you'll find that a lot of people, even in the years above me, their friends are all college friends and they didn't make any university friends. And so... It's, it's interesting you say that, you know, not being able to go to lectures and interact with people and in tutorials as well is such a downside. But when when, when uni is in person, you'll see yeah, that yeah. you'll have tutorials and all the college kids will be sitting together and no one will talk to it, to a <laughs> university day student. Yeah. And I think that's problematic in itself. But yeah, yeah no, I completely agree with what you said. Maybe to, I guess, you know, I don't want to keep like pushing you with all of these like hard topics and you know i want you to feel like you can just talk as well why don't we talk a bit more about like what you're hoping to achieve in the next couple of years like what are your goals whether it be at college or at uni or in life and sport yeah what 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 are you trying to achieve in these next couple of years well in the next couple of years i would have i would be nearing finishing my commerce degree i want to be able to get to that point and have a firm decision in my head as to what path i want to take whether it be commerce or law and so, you know, that's going to require, you know, experience in, in the workforce. So I'm hoping to um, get through some of that so that I can either say, all right, sweet, I'll get my commerce degree and, and try and find a job in whatever it is. Or I think I'm, I've done three years of law already. I think it's going to be worthwhile to stay, for, stay at uni for two years, finish the law degree while working, you know, part-time or whatever at like a, mm. a law firm or something. So in terms of like academics and uni, that's where I want to be in two years with like a decision in my head about that. I guess also between now and then, I guess you could say like side hustle, but I kind of want to find another like bucket list kind of project to kind of do because I think they're so much fun and, and such a good thing like to learn from and reflect on one, once you do do them. So whatever that is, I want to find something like something like that. College-wise... I don't really have a, a strict plan or like a progression as to what I want to do through college. Yeah. Through like, or whether it's like a mentor role or something like that. Yeah. Like I definitely want to be a mentor in the next two years or like a mentor next year. Yeah. I think that'll be a lot of fun. But I guess goal for the next few years in terms of that is just enjoy it. I remember talking to, I think it's Max Carter, I think. He was at one of the, um, it was at the Drew's Law Networking night where like Jews alumni came back mm. who were working in the legal sector came back and chatted about their experience with college and mm. stuff and I remember this guy he was, he was like graduated I think 2014 I think yeah um yeah so I was talking to Max Carter and it was just interesting seeing like 
his perspective versus mine. Like he was asking me like what we would get up to. And I was like, you know, we play a lot of poker. Like, you know, we're just enjoying it. And he said, perfect. Just for these next couple of years with college, do everything on that semester diary and just enjoy it. And like, just get as much, as much things as you can. And I think, you know, that holds a lot of weight. Um, considering he's he's gone through and, and done it so yeah you know nothing strict in that yeah in terms of college so in a year from today it'll be time for nominating for leadership roles and housecom and exec and whatnot you know i'm not <laughs> I, I know you probably haven't thought too much about that but is that something that you could see yourself doing depends how i'm going academically and with work um and depends if i want to because i'm pretty sure um i've heard they like some of the roles require, require like part-time you to go part-time uni. So whether that's something that I want to, whether that's something I'm happy to do in order to pursue something like that, I'm not really sure. I mean, something like, I think something like PCL in like third year or something would be, you know, a really, a really good role. Yeah. Great. I, just back to the, the conversation you had at the networking events. Just from my perspective, I find it really interesting because everyone's advice is always enjoy college while you have it, right? Mm. Every one of these networking events will say, you know, we're working full time now. It's nowhere near as good as college. College was the best years of our life. And Mm. I wish I'd kind of enjoyed it to the absolute fullest, whether they did or didn't. Yeah. Right. That's always the advice. But what I find interesting is that, you know, from my perspective, who's kind of in between that, right? I've had my college stint and now I'm looking forward at where I'm going to be working in the future. You do also realize that if you want to start in the job that a job that you feel proud to be in as soon as you finish uni, but you've spent the whole time, let's not say pissing away, but just enjoying college and not focusing on the academics, you find yourself in a spot where it's, yes, you've enjoyed college and you're never going to have to say people to people, oh, I should have enjoyed college more. But at the mm-hmm. same time, you're not where you wanted to be professionally. And these people can look back and say, yeah, just enjoy college as much as you want. But maybe if they worked, if they were the ones working really hard to get where they are now, then mm. if they'd taken that advice, they might not be there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's kind of like this trade-off. I think it's just, I think it's, that's just because it's so easy to discount work you've put into getting where you want to be. Yeah. Once you're there. hundred percent. Yeah. It's so easy to say, oh, I should have enjoyed that more. But I mean, you know, if they did, they'll probably just say, be saying, oh, I probably should have like put my head down for a couple of hours uh, each day and actually focused on where I wanted to be. Mm. So, I mean, everyone's going to um, preach what, what they didn't opt in yeah. to do. Yeah. So you, I guess you got to just kind of got to find a balance. I don't think that I'm going to look back and think that, you know, I put too much work into like uni or, or, or something like that. And, you know, didn't get the full experience because, you know, you, you got to realize what you're thinking in the, in the present is probably, or not all the time, but probably the best option. Like what you need to do right now, if you have an, an assignment in like the next few days, you need to get that assignment done. Even if there is a, a lander or, or yeah. something like that, like you're going to look back and think, oh, you know, I should have just party, but then, you know, that just creates more problems. It's definitely a balance. Cool. Um, well, maybe just to round out, because we have gone on for a while, um, could you name um, someone from each year of college that you'd like to get to know better? I really like Dossman. I've connected quite a bit with him, but I think he's just a really good bloke. And so, yeah, he's. I think he's one of the guys that everyone in, in fresh year looks at and it's like, he's a cool guy. Like, mm-hmm. you can always talk to him. Rana Byrne in fourth year, 
he's been he's been really funny. He's a guy that as soon as I came in, like he was just always cracking jokes, and like made me feel comfortable, which was really good. Third, I guess maybe just through investment club, get to know like Bestie and Jade a bit more. So they're really nice people. You only see them in like the investment club scenario where they're like um, trying to get the funds in, but you know, see how they're actually going and you know what what's going on with them out of that kind of context always interests me, I guess. So, yeah. And what about fresh year? Definitely already the year I know the most people. Yeah. Obviously. Jules Vile, he's a very interesting bloke. You know Jules? Yeah. He's super interesting. Like, whenever I talk to him, he always says some interesting <laughs> interesting stuff. Yeah, so. he's in my old room, actually. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. And I was in that room for two years. Oh, what? Um, yeah, when they were making Link, we had second years that were in Maine again. Oh, and wow. I was in the same room two years in a row. And it was his room, so... It's a bit of trivia for you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Great. Okay. Well, that sort of rounds out the questions I had. So thanks for Good coming easy. on. Thanks for having me. Sweet.